Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thank you for joining us once again on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you catch our podcast at, now available on video as well, like we announced earlier this week. Guys, SMU Navy, 6.30 p.m. Central on ESPN Friday night. SMU looking to bounce back uh, from three straight losses, trying to get in the win column in in AAC play. Uh, And now we've got our week uh, of kind of, you know, meeting with the coaches, uh, meeting with Rhett Lashley, uh, going through uh, kind of the breakdowns, posted our game preview and predictions on theponyexpress.com for those subscribers. And it's time for the Mustangs to to go and, and take this one. And I think this is a game that, you know, after all of the, you know, different reasons why SMU has not been able to get in the win column the last three weeks, I think this is the week that they're able to uh, break through. Uh, I, I feel like SMU is, is the better team, uh, quite honestly. I know Navy is coming off a really impressive rushing performance uh, last week against Tulsa. I will say this. Tulsa has lost a lot of talent off that defense, uh, as well as losing Joe Gillespie to TCU. Uh, They're not the same unit that they have been in the past. So uh, watching this SMU team uh, go up against this Navy defense is going to be interesting, especially when it comes to the SMU offense, uh, trying to break through and finish drives and get across the goal line in the red zone. Um, that's going to be, you know, probably the, the story of the game. If SMU doesn't win this one, uh, it's got to be because they didn't finish uh, in the red zone. So you look at Navy coming off of a, a game where they rushed for 455 yards on the ground. That's the most since 2018. And their 53 points against the Golden Hurricane were the most since 56 against Houston in 2019. So, look, they're playing well at the right time. Uh, Dabo, Fofana, uh had 116 yards on the ground going into the Tulsa game, ran for 159 on 21 carries and three scores. So, at one, what are we going to find out about Navy and if they are actually a team that is now, you know, a legit AAC contender? Uh, they sit at 2-1 and one already on the season in AAC play. They've gone on the road and beaten East Carolina. Um, but just how good are they? I, you know, talent-wise, SMU – on paper, looks to be the better team. You know, we said that about a couple of games this year, uh, especially going into the season. But, um, you know, Navy went uh, and, and faced Memphis in the second game of the year and lost 37-13. to 13. Same Memphis team that blew it against Houston uh, just last week. So what Navy team is SMU going to face? Um, we'll find out. You know, they, they have been a mixed bag this year. They even lost – you know, 13-10 to a good, to a solid Air Force team. They also opened the season with a 14-7 loss against Delaware. Um, get this, Navy is 2-1, uh, and one, uh, if I'm reading their uh, uh, slate. Yes, 1-2 at home this year. That's the same, uh, you know, home field advantage that really plagued SMU for years uh, until they broke through uh, and finally got a win last year. Uh, in Annapolis, SMU's won two straight over the midshipmen. So when I look at, you know, Navy overall, it's really hard to get a read on what team SMU is going to face. Um, And that's just kind of, you know, because they've been such a mixed bag 
this year. I, I think that's the hard part to predict. Um, it's the hard part to you know try and break down why they're uh, why they are what they are. Some games versus why they aren't what they were against Tulsa, which is a team that rushed for almost 500 yards on the ground. To kind of break things down for you guys, Navy is rushing for around 200 for 231 yards a game. Uh, and they only have nine touchdowns in the run game on the year. That's kind of uncharacteristic. So if you take out, and, and not necessarily take out, but look at it from this perspective, you know, maybe rush for 455 yards against Tulsa. They, ha- they have 1,159 yards on the ground this year. That's a pretty incredible difference from the rest of the games um, so if you take that out, I, I'm not good at math, but that's about 700 yards uh, of yardage on the ground. Uh, and, and that's, you know, four other games to divide that by. You're looking for, a, you're looking at an under 200 yards per, per game on the ground rushing total. So this, this Navy offense is not necessarily what it is, at least overall trying to judge this team, what it, what it showed against Tulsa. It, it, it has not been that consistent um, and it hasn't been consistent from an overall yardage perspective. It, it just hasn't. So, um, you know, SMU is going to have to be defensively very disciplined. And it's the same stuff we talk about every year against Navy. If you give them opportunities by playing undisciplined, by uh, not fitting gaps, by getting out of position, by missing tackles, they're going to make you pay. Um, and it's because of the way they, they run their offense. It's because of the way they lull you to sleep and give you different things, um, you know, to, to kind of look at and, and, and window dressing and all those things. And look, Ken Niamatololo has been doing this for a long time. Uh, he's a very good coach, uh, but this is just not necessarily the team that, that he's had in the past. They don't have a rusher over 300 yards on the season yet. And, and Dabo Fafana, who I mentioned earlier, uh, had well over half of his yards just against Tulsa alone. So they really, their next leading rusher um, is, is at uh, 203 total yards on the season. So they've got different guys that can, you know, make things, uh, you know, that they can look to, but they don't necessarily have anyone that really strikes fear in your eyes um, from, from that perspective. Uh, you know, passing the ball, they have kind of opened things up a little bit more. They're averaging about, uh, 11 pass attempts a game. And I, I think that's kind of high, just judging from Navy um, in the past. But um, Ty Lavatea, uh, Ty Lavate, um is their quarterback. He's been efficient. Uh, two touchdown passes on the year. Uh, doesn't seem to really have a, a turnover issue by any means. Um, completing 48% of his passes. I mean, that that that's okay um, for a Navy you know quarterback uh, just because they don't throw the ball much at all. Uh, I will say this. I, I think this is a Navy team that just isn't, and I think last year kind of showed kind of where they're kind of trending right now um, as a, as a program, uh, just in my mind, because they just haven't been uh, the team that they've been in, in, in the mid to late uh, 2010s. They just haven't been that team. Um, you know, they've won, uh, they won four games in 2021, three games in 2020, um, and then in 2019, uh, they were 11 and two. So the last three seasons, uh, they've not necessarily been the Navy team that we've been used to seeing. So what team are you going to get? 
I don't know. I, I just feel like SMU on paper is a more talented team. I think they're going to be able to find a way to win this week. Um, it's been a long couple, you know, few weeks for this SMU team. Uh, and they're probably tired of, of hearing about, you know, the issues that SMU has had, whether it be red zone, whether it be tackling, whether it be um, not coming out ready to play right away, uh, taking care of the football. They just haven't been able to, uh, to do anything or they haven't been able to do everything altogether right uh, this season so far for 60 minutes outside of the North Texas game in my mind. So this week, kind of some of the things that I picked up, you know, watching SMU, I, I think you're going to see uh, some different faces carry the load at running back. I think you're going to see Belton Gardner, Gardner lead the way. If you're an On the Pudding Express subscriber, you know that Trey Siggers is battling an injury right now, and he's very questionable for this game against Navy. If I'm a betting man, I'd be surprised if he plays um, just from what I've seen from him kind of walking around at practice. So you're going to have Belton Gardner. You're going to see Kamar Wheaton. You're going to see TJ McDaniel. You're going to see Tyler Levine. We know Tyler Levine can show up against Navy. Um, he did so a couple of years ago with uh, that terrific run uh, on his on his head. I, I feel like he spun uh, and, and made a play. But look, TJ McDaniel is going to have to step up. Kamar Wheaton is going to have to step up. I, I think they need those guys to emerge. And I mean, we talked about it earlier in the season. They wanted the rotation to kind of trim down for conference play. Um, and I think Trey Siggers and Belton Gardner still are the two best guys for SMU in terms of running the football, but they haven't, they haven't been consistent. And, you know, the offensive line's a part of that. Jalen Thomas spoke with us about that this week, about how it has been an issue trying to get that consistency. Part of it's been some of the moving pieces on the offensive line. Part of it's been some of the new guys on the offensive line trying to mesh. Um, Jalen Thomas has played right tackle. He's played guard. Uh, he could end up being the starting left tackle this week because Marcus Bryant is hurt um, and he's trying to battle through some of those things on that ankle. But uh, if that's the case, they need to be on the same page, though. They've got to put in that extra work to communicate, uh, to be ready to go uh, when the run game comes up. Because in pass protection, the offensive line has been really good. If SMU can get a little bit more of its run game, take a little bit off, a little bit off Tanner Mordecai's shoulders, that would go a long way because Tanner Mordecai has been really good, in my opinion, you know, especially after UCF. I get his efficiency numbers aren't necessarily elite by any means, which is, you know, Casey Woods called him elite uh, in terms of how he was playing this week, which quite honestly, uh, you probably take a little bit of a you know difference of opinion on that front. But if he doesn't have drops, I mean, how much better are his numbers? I mean, if he... If Rasheed Rice doesn't drop that that pass against UCF, where does it, where do his numbers look like like uh, from a, from an efficiency perspective? Uh, they had a numerous amounts of drops against UCF, so I don't know how much it would boost him up, but it would certainly help if he had a you know a, a seventy yard touchdown pass at the very least to Rasheed Rice uh, on his resume from the last week's game. Tanner Mordecai, I think, is the guy to lead SMU, and he's going to you know remain that guy. I would just from my perspective, you know, the red zone issues. If you don't see that success against Navy early on, when you get those opportunities, maybe it is time to put Preston Stone in there as far as a red zone package. I think he could be in there and really add a different element to the, to the offense in the red zone, which I think would, it's not a, a knock on Tanner because I don't necessarily think the play calling has been perfect either. But if you have somebody in there, that can run around a little bit and, and wants to go forward with the football running it, that 
is something that the defense has to account for with Preston Stone in there. And unless Tanner Mordecai kind of changes how he approaches scrambling, and, and I mean this with all due respect, he just is not looking to run. He's not looking to tuck his head and go, even though I think he's had some opportunities to do that. Preston Stone does, and he's not afraid to. And I think you're probably getting going to get some sort of, quite honestly, uh, you're going to give up something to get something, which would be giving up, you know, maybe that 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 rhythm passing that Tanner has shown throughout the season. And you're giving that up and you're giving that that consistency and, and saying, all right, we're going to take you out and we're going to give give a little bit more in the run game with Preston Stone in there. And, and draw up some packages in the red zone that can help SMU finish drives. And I think that's the that's the end goal. And it was funny, Rhett, I was listening to the SMU radio show this week, and Rhett Lashley was reminded that, you know, Will Brown played that whole game against Navy when SMU beat them, and then they took him out, and uh, Ben Hicks won the game in overtime. And so if they're willing to do that, you know, why can't they put Preston Stone in there in the red zone and see what that gives them if they struggle against Navy in the red zone. I kind of think it's a combination of play calling, execution, and then also, by the way, against UCF, I mean, you were playing the number one team in the country in red zone defense. So red zone is going to be critical for SMU offensively. Rasheed Rice, who's added to the Blitnikoff Award watch list this week, um, I think this week, continues to play at a really high level. Scouts are just out at SMU all the time. I mean, every Every Tuesday, Wednesday practice, I'm out there. There are NFL scouts out there, and they're there watching Rasheed Rice. Notice Rob Likens was being talked to for quite some time after practice this week um, by, by a group of scouts, and uh, I would imagine they were talking about uh, good old number 11 for the Mustangs. So he continues to play at a high level. Bo Corrales is going to try to battle through his latest injury. He's gutting it out with a shoulder. Uh, trying to avoid a surgery or being shut down and, and trying to finish his college career strong. If he can play, that would help. They'll have Dylan Goffney. We mentioned earlier this week, Roderick Daniels is back. Um, Rhett Lashley did say that Roderick came back to him after the TCU, uh, after the UCF game. Um, and, and quite honestly, after Roderick Daniels lost his father uh, right around the TCU game and said, Hey, I want to, want to come back. And, you know, with Jake Bailey being out, I think obviously there's opportunity for him and Dylan Goffney to step up. But SMU is kind of scary thin at wide receiver in the depth chart. I think the way Roderick approached it, it from the from start to finish is that was the right way to do it. And I think that's why Rhett Lashley ultimately just decided to bring him back. If someone else down the line opts to leave the team, I don't see them being welcomed back. Uh, the way Rhett Lashley welcomed Roderick Daniels back. And I think because down the line, one, you're farther into the season. If, you do, if you're done, you're done. Let's move on. But, you know, Roderick wasn't too far removed. Obviously, things happened in his life that, that caused him to kind of take a different, you know, stance maybe on his decision. And that's, that's kind of all that needed to be said. Roderick always did the things the right way when he was at SMU. Uh, and he'll continue to do that now that he's back. He's back, you know, as an option returning punts in practice. So we'll see if, uh, you know, he gets an opportunity to, to do something in that respect. I'd love to personally see him on kick return. I think that would be a really good spot for him as well. So SMU has some depth issues uh, at wide receiver. They needed him. They need somebody to step up in a big way. 
next to Rasheed Rice because that's what this offense is missing right now. Uh, it just seems to be a rotating kind of group of, of players that they're looking to for, you know, for someone to step up. You know, Jake Bailey stepped up against TCU. Austin Upshaw uh, had, had his moments. You know, Dylan Goffney. Uh, there are all sorts of guys that they've just plugged in there, and it just hasn't been a consistent number two. They need somebody to emerge opposite Rasheed Rice in terms of production to make this happen. So um, I think there's a chance we can see that happen. Um, Navy would be a good team to, to do it against. You know, they're, they play really hard. They hit you. Uh, but, you know, SMU has plenty of athletes. I think this is a game that if you're an SMU fan, you're looking for this offense to play with a lot of confidence. You're not going to get the same number of possessions that you normally get, most likely, unless your defense is pitching a shutout type performance, sending them to three and outs, um, you know, four and outs, things like that. So I think you're going to be lower scoring, but your efficiency wise, you want to see this offense be at a real high level. And that's why I picked SMU 35, 24. I think Navy's Navy has a tendency to find ways to get, you know, points against SMU. It really hasn't been a sense where the defenses over the years when SMU's won has really played at a elite elite level. But um, I think SMU is going to have a chance to play good enough uh, defensively in this one to slow down Navy's, rushing attack that really quite honestly hasn't been consistently good. So either the Tulsa game's an outlier and Tulsa might not be as good as, you know, or, or as tough to deal with as they have been in the past, or we're seeing Navy turn the corner and they've found some solutions to their issues in the run game. And now they're going to go on a run in the AAC play and we'll see if they're a true contender and they can step up. But right now I just think SME is going to be able to out athlete them. I've had SME winning 35, 24, um, and, and, you know, they'll be able to get on the right track and, you know, move on um, and, and impress in a nationally televised game on ESPN. Uh, look, I, I think anytime you have a Friday night game in Texas, you know, attendance isn't going to be as good. Uh, but I have heard there's a lot of like people that are trying to go to this game. You know, the weather's cooling down. I don't know what attendance will be like. I just have heard there are people that are outside of SMU that are checking with SMU people saying, hey, look. I want a ticket, but I'll still go. So we'll see kind of how things goes. Obviously, um, SMU did release some game day improvements uh, that they are working with Airmark on. They're working, um, you know, to, on their end to fix uh, from the TCU debacle. I think obviously the heat kind of going away, that'll help. As well as probably not a sellout crowd uh, coming to Ford Stadium on Friday night, which will help uh, all of those things. But uh, SMU trying to do what they can. Um, even after the fact to uh, remedy what happened against TCU uh, with those uh, game day issues inside Ford Stadium. So should be a beautiful night for football. We hope you guys will follow it all on theponyexpress.com. One other quick note, um, Thursday night, if you're listening to this, I'll be out at Frisco versus Frisco Heritage watching SMU commit Brandon Maezano. Uh, going to catch up with him, catch up with uh, his coach, uh, kind of get a feel for how his senior season's going. He plays quarterback for Frisco. I hope he plays a little bit of linebacker so I can get you guys some tape on him. Uh, but right now, um, you know, I'm just excited to kind of see him move around and see what he'll bring to the table uh, for SMU uh, at the next level uh, when he does get to uh, the hilltop there uh, next year. So going to do that. I'll have my thoughts on him posted on Friday. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the SMU Navy game. So we'll have your full coverage of that on theponyexpress.com. Please spread the word. Uh, keep letting people know that we are here. We are uh, bringing it all to you guys, whether it be a podcast, whether it be uh, recruiting coverage, uh, whether it be 
practice notes, injury notes, uh, and team coverage. Please spread the word. Seven-day trial. You get a free hat still if you subscribe. So check all that out. Um, also, I'm going to attempt uh, to get you guys a basketball podcast uh, Friday. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to come uh, next week with a lot of thoughts. I'm going to check out practice. I didn't get a chance to go to the open practice, um, but the staff is really cool about letting me come in uh, and watch, quite honestly, whenever. Uh, so going to get with them, watch a couple practices next week for sure. Uh, we also had media day with SME basketball. So I want to share some takeaways with you guys uh, for that. We're going to try to drop that on Friday. So kind of give you guys three podcasts in one week, uh, but kind of crunch for time here recording this before I got to go out and, and see Brandon Maizano, uh play some football, some Thursday night football, a really good matchup between Frisco and Frisco heritage. So looking forward to seeing that. Hope you guys enjoyed this SMU Navy preview. I will catch you guys with full reaction from how the Mustangs do against Navy. And uh, we'll get you guys that basketball podcast on Friday, uh, hopefully. Uh, and I'll be able to include some thoughts on Brandon Maizana too. So please hit the subscribe button to the YouTube page. That would be a huge help for me. Share it with your friends. It's the easiest way to, uh, you know, for us to grow it is to spread the word. You guys are always our best marketing. So Appreciate you guys listening to this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast, available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you catch all those at. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Be safe on the boulevard uh, on Friday and at uh, Ford Stadium Friday night as SMU takes on Navy, 6.30 p.m. Central on ESPN. Appreciate you guys listening and have a great weekend.